Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to bridge the gap between therapists and clients. We are your companions on your journey to build your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've created a free email course on our website. Head over to shrinkthink.com forward slash podcast, where we've got practical steps on overcoming fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. We have a, another special episode today. They're all special. If you've listened to them for any length of time, you know that. Let's just be honest. Um, but this one, we have an extra special reason to be here for you to be excited because we've got a returning guest. I think she's actually our first returning guest because she just can't stay away. She knows how awesome we are. And of course, the feelings mutual. We know how awesome she is. This is our good friend, Whitney Owens, of Whitney Owens Consulting. Um, we will be on with her talking about some unmentionables, not those kinds of unmentionables, but things you don't talk about in therapy. <laughs> You're not going to mention the unmentionables. <laughs> We're not going to for now, but then Whitney's going to talk all about them. So she'll mention them and you'll, by the end of the episode, have a lot of mentionables. Um, but before you get started, because you're, I know what you're thinking, this is amazing. It's the first like a minute of the episode and this is awesome. How do I rate this show and tell other people about the Shrink Think podcast? Well, Nathan, how do people do that? This is very logical. Just go over to Spotify. No big deal. Apple podcast store, all these places where you watch po- or watch, listen, whatever. Nathan watches podcasts. I do. <laughs> I watch intently. <laughs> I love to look at the graphics. Look at it. Hasn't changed at all. <laughs> anyway, and put your five star rating on there. One, two, three, four, five. Use a little pickaxe like from our last episode when we were pickaxe mining problems. with Their little picky axe and put your little stars in there. Five of them. Anyway, we hope you enjoy this show. It's going to be fun to hear from Whitney and I'm not going to mention anything. So with that, we're going to actually mention what are some of the things you, when you go to therapy, like there's some things you just don't really talk about, right? Or people I think are kind of afraid. It's, I think in general, they're like, we don't talk about religion and politics, right? So we're going to start with the religion one or at really let's faith, um, the faith one. And maybe next episode we'll have somebody on, we'll talk about politics, politics, who knows? We'll see what happens. We'll have a state senator. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's not going to happen. Uh, but maybe after listening to this episode, somebody will write in and say, I'd like to be on your podcast. Um, but uh, let's have Whitney on the show before, <laughs> if she can collect herself. Um, Whitney, go ahead and tell us, because you've been on the show before, but some things have happened in your life. Um, you're doing some awesome things that are taking you in some um, very bright directions. So tell us who you are, where you are, where you are located and what you've been up to. All right. So I'm Whitney Owens. I'm located in Savannah, Georgia. So right on the coast in a beautiful historic city. So put it on your list of places to visit. I do consulting for faith-based practice owners. That's right. I just said the unmentionable word. The F word. (laughs) The F word. Yeah. Um, I have a group practice here in Savannah called Water's Edge Counseling. There are 11 clinicians and two admins, all private pay. I love it. It's my passion. Um, and then it has a faith-based background as well. And so we can kind of get into that today, but happy to be here. 
That is awesome. Yeah, it's faith is one of those weird things. It's interesting because in therapy, it's really, to use the word binary, like there's people that kind of seem to want to seek us out to, to talk about that directly. Um, and then there's folks that are that, that would never consider uh, at all, like talking about faith whatsoever, that would not come up. And I would say that's probably the majority. I know that uh, just a little tiny background. Back in the day when I was looking at schools, um, the school that I went to was George Fox, which was a place of faith. And they were one of the only schools in the country at the time doing grad, grad school work, the side of the Mississippi that had any kind of integration with, with faith at all. And there was people that were going to the school for that reason. Since then, at least here in Oregon, it's become more of a thing that, that therapists need to consider. They really try to push the spiritual integration. And this is not like any particular faith. It's just the idea that people are spiritual beings. Um, but a lot of therapists don't necessarily want to integrate it. They don't. I've talked to people like I had a friend of mine that was a Christian and he told me, he's like, I would not do that. He goes, I don't feel like I know the Bible well enough to even do that at all. Like I would not even bring it up. Um, and then some people are like, well, what do you mean? Like you pray with people? Like, what do you do? So it's great to have you on here and just see, because this is more of your focus of, of like what it is that kind of goes on um, in a practice that's, that's kind of asserted itself that way. And I also wonder too, like if there's any kind of, and I don't know if you can speak to it or not, Whitney, but the idea of culture being, you know, in the South in Georgia, it's much different out here on the West Coast as far as how that whole thing goes. But um, I guess I wonder, like, what do you kind of, what's your heartbeat of what you want us to know about, like, like for example, like running a practice where you've got all these clinicians, how much do you guys even talk about faith? How much do you guys talk about integration with that in therapy? Yeah, these are all great questions, Nathan. And even what you're sharing at the very beginning, all things that I hear from practice owners when they come to me when we're talking about consulting, it's like, well, do I have to be at a certain level to be able to bring faith into the picture? And what does that mean? I don't have special training, all those questions. So I do think a lot of it, first of all, has to do with your practice culture. If you're a solo practice owner, group practice owner, you figuring out what's the right integration level for you. And when I say integration level, I mean bringing faith into therapy at the same time. You know, how much are you going to let people know that that's a part of your business, a part of what you do? And it also can just be kind of in the background. Like it's a part of what you do when it's requested by clients. And so that's actually more of what my practice is like. We're not overt about our faith background. If you go to our website, there is a Christian counseling page. Um, and, you know, talking about culture, I mean, Christian counseling page in the South is really helpful to get a lot of clients right there. Like it's um, one of our most hit service pages, actually, in our area. Um, so I do encourage people, if that's something that you do provide in your practice, that you have that. But anyway, just figuring out what level of integration and how you want to incorporate that. But regardless, if you're a faith-based practice or not, faith can be a resource for our clients. It can be a strength. So even for a therapist who might be listening um, that might say, you know, I don't really adhere to a faith background. I want to encourage them to reconsider, even if you don't adhere to a faith background, your client might, and it's actually a resource for them when they come into therapy and a strength that's going to help them meet their treatment goals. So you're saying basically, uh, if you're a therapist and you don't personally ascribe to anything, or maybe if your client um, subscribes to something different than you, 
that there's a reason why you should actually be open to this, not because you agree or disagree with whatever that faith is, but simply you're looking at it as like, well, there's a resource that's available to you as a client that, that could actually help you with whatever you're going through to function better, get through whatever your struggle you're going through and come out the other side a better person. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, well do tell. Like, how- <laughs> Yeah, we can <laughs> go into share. that. Would you like to come on our podcast and tell us about that? <laughs> I sure would. What, yeah, what like I said. It, yeah, that it operates as a, as a tool. Yeah, there's so much that we can say here. And um, I'll hit the bullet points and then we can go into details if we want to. I mean, first of all, let's let's just use the example of prayer and meditation, right? I mean, we all as therapists understand meditation. Like we encourage our clients to meditate. There's absolute meditation. We use it in DBT. We use it in all types of therapy models, right? And so when you look at like the Christian faith or even other faiths like Muslim faith, like prayer is pivotal to their faith. That's how they talk to God. And so faith and meditation, those can go pretty close hand in hand in the way that that you do your prayer. Sometimes like maybe like the Catholic church or other denominations, they even have very structured prayer models, right? And so prayer is an asset because it creates peace. It creates comfort. Um, When a client has anxiety, they can go pray if that is how they find comfort. So I think as we kind of jump into these different resources, it's really important to ask ourselves this asking really not ourselves, really the client when they come in, like part of the intake is, do you have a faith background? They're going to say yes or no. And if they say yes, like, is that something that you want to bring into therapy as a resource in therapy? So let that client be aware of it. And if they are, then prayer is like a perfect thing to say, do you pray? Do you find it valuable when you pray? Now, we're not going to use prayer as a resource if they say, yeah, I'm a faith-based person, but I don't pray or I don't like prayer. I mean, you could suggest, hey, try it out, see if it works. And if it doesn't, then we're not going to push that. But they might try it out and say, you know what? I found a lot of comfort in that. Or I was on the verge of a panic attack and I stopped and I prayed for five minutes and it decreased my level of anxiety. So so we're going to like experiment with these things so that the client can decide if it works for them. And then now they've got another coping skill in their tool belt to use. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I want to be um, mindful too of the folks that are listening that are just, you know, normal average Joe citizens, not therapists, the actual normal people. Um, and just to say like, for you, if you're listening to what Winnie's talking about, I mean, she obviously consults with us as counselors a lot and she's very experienced at it. But the other piece that, you know, you get a little bit behind the scenes of what goes on with our education, but I want to be mindful if, you know, if you have any kind of faith. I mean, you, you're yourself going down the road or doing whatever you're doing. And, and you maybe have had some kind of a spiritual, uh, some aspect of your life that's spiritual. And I would encourage you not to be so compartmentalized about it. I mean, it doesn't need to be something that, you know, you live your life. And then in this little compartment you have, when all hell breaks loose, you're going to do these things spiritually or whatever, or maybe every now and then you do a reading or something. Um, I want to encourage you to bring this into therapy, bring it in there, like um, ask your therapist about it. And then if your therapist goes, I don't know what to do, have them call Whitney Owens. <laughs> That's right. But I just wanted to, to put it out there because these are tools and it's and um, just to help broaden it out, because everybody, I think, 
probably has a faith of some kind. I mean, even if you're an atheist, there's a way that you're intentionally thinking about the world and you're having faith in some things. And, um, and I'm not necessarily sure that we want to go down that road. I'm just, my point is that, um, faith is pretty broad, you know, and, and like prayer, prayer is known in the science community. They've studied it. It does decrease anxiety. It doesn't, it, not by a specific faith per se, but prayer does that. So it's, it is a good tool. Yeah. And just like, you know, prayer and meditation also, it's kind of similar. Prayer can be a form of meditation um, or it can lead to some meditation that can be very much connected. Um, and so if you have trouble with prayer, prayer can actually be a sort of a tool that can help you with some of your anxiety, your mental chatter, um, inability to kind of sit still or, or be in silence. So what you're saying, I think is right on. Um, let's keep going with this. What are some of the other tools that are the ways that faith can be a tool that you've thought of? Yeah, well, the idea of community, right? We know that relationships bring people together and it really does help with your mental health. I mean, isolation is huge in helping um, in what with depression. And so when clients come in and they're talking about being isolated, one of the treatment plans any of us would create is getting into relationships that might be encouraging them to join a club or find relationships at their job, but finding relationships in their faith organization. Like I have had lots of clients who say they adhere to a faith background, they're depressed, but they don't go to any kind of organization for learning about their faith, for connecting with other people. So part of the treatment plan is, Hey, is, is church or, you know, the synagogue or whatever it is that you want to do. Is that something that you want to explore for making relationships? And it's great because in an ideal situation, which we will not go down the rabbit hole of how messed up religious organizations can be. So let's just assume <laughs> that it's going well and in organizations that are flowing well, they're meeting people with a similar mindset, similar values, similar background. So it's a lot faster and easier for them to make relationships. And I'm just going to keep going on another point because it kind of relates the idea of purpose. Like I think that clients that have depression lack identity and purpose in their life, those two things. And if I can help them hit those two, I'm doing pretty good. Right. And so if they go to a religious organization, they will probably find a sense of purpose, right? Because, Hey, we need you to volunteer in this organization. I mean, they're always looking for people to help out. And so then you start to feel like a higher calling. I mean, a lot of people will say calling in a religious sense, but that actually makes them feel good. That brings them out of their depression. That brings them hope in their lives. And then the same with identity, like when you're, when you're learning to these values and this sense of purpose, you're going to find who you are. And like, just if you wanted to use the Christian analogy, a child of God, God loves me, these kind of things are going to make clients have a sense of purpose and identity. Yeah, I think that's great. I was thinking as you were talking, it reminded me of this client that I worked with They came. So I do some, I do faith integration and there's some people that um, client-wise that have known me over the years that will refer to me because of that. So this person comes in and they had, they had talked about something. Uh, they were a pretty strong Christian. The therapist they were working with was not a Christian at all. Uh, they didn't, the person didn't share with if they had a faith at all. But what was interesting is that this therapist just did a really good job asking this client about like, well, don't you read the Bible or something? Like you're, you said, you're a Christian. What, what does it say for you to do in there? And uh, the client had came to me because they thought, I need to take this more seriously. I need to take the faith component of my life more seriously. 
this therapist didn't feel comfortable doing it. But honestly, that therapist did a good job. The mere act of like asking about that, helping this person kind of look at from an identity standpoint, like you say, you identify this way. So what are you doing? And he, <laughs> this, this client goes, I was sitting there going, this person doesn't believe anything I do. And I'm, and I'm realizing like, I, I'm not even taking it as seriously as the, as my therapist is taking it. They're literally asking me about it and I'm not even looking at it at all. And so they wanted to wrestle with this whole piece of, of this identity, which kind of was harkens back to kind of why I was saying what I was saying earlier in the segment about like looking at, looking at what it is that you do believe, you know? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think with depression, I like what you said there, the idea of purpose and identity, like helping people reconnect with that. Definitely. And I love this point kind of that you're making, Nathan, that you don't necessarily have to have the same faith background or values as your client to help them use it. I mean, I, I adhere to a Christian background, but I've had clients come in with a Buddhist background and I just am inquisitive. Like, tell me about the way that you practice and let them bring in books. Um, but then also there'll be some clients that come in and usually this takes a little while before, you know, the therapeutic relationship has to build before this point, but they'll say, you know, I don't really know what happens after life. Like what's the afterlife like, or um, what is really out there? And I can say, you know what, let's explore that. Like what faiths do you want to look at? And then they start looking at different faiths and bringing that information in. And then we discuss, like, is that something that you believe? Is that what you want to adhere to? And it can bring a lot of peace to them when they finally find something that resonates like that's such a good feeling yeah that you know reminds me also of uh kind of another point just in the idea of bringing your faith into therapy to like work through or wrestle with some of the questions or issues that you might have actually one thing that happens quite a bit with me is at some point usually it's much further down the line in therapy where we've got a pretty well established relationship together and maybe we've tackled a couple of other issues. They're feeling better about certain things. And we've we've dove deep and dug down deep into some other issues. Oftentimes, people then will say, I'd like to talk about my relationship with God or um, my faith, because that was something that maybe I grew up with and I lost for this reason. Or maybe I've always struggled in some sort of faith or issues with God. And it comes out as like anxiety or resentment or betrayal, you know, like we talked about with church or people who are attending a church. And so it, bringing it up in therapy can actually be a great opportunity to untangle those, I guess, webs, um, dust off some cobwebs and clear out or clean up some pain that has happened that really in a lot of ways, other people out there might have an agenda for you. Like I'm, I want you to you know, move in this direction. But as a therapist, we're really just wanting you to untangle the web and see where you land so that you have more clarity on that. Yeah, I think the other thing I, as you were saying that, Aaron, I thought, you know, Whitney started this off, this little piece uh, on community. And what you're talking about sometimes is this fraction um, that, that occurs where somebody has something going on, maybe in their faith community from a long time ago, and they have a break. Um, they get out of that community. Um, they don't, they maybe have a different belief system that they're playing with. They're not sure what they believe anymore. And as a therapist, if you don't address any of that, where their break in community occurred at some point, I mean, you're, I, that's, I wouldn't say negligent, but like, that's a, that's going to be a major potential piece that you just don't want to necessarily avoid. And sometimes people, um, kind of want to avoid it. 
it's not that you have to force it on them, but you, but being inquisitive, like you're saying, can help this person get back into community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this idea of faith and cognitive distortions, right? Like, so then they get into a church community and they get these negative distortions about relationships, about faith, about leaders. Um, so I want to share a quick clinical example that hopefully will help people listening, therapists, or like, like, you know, people that go to therapy. That's me too, by the way. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so let's, um, just saying we should all go to therapy. Okay. So let's say, um, this clinical story here actually was legitimate. So I'll pick out the details, but years ago, this girl came to me with terrible OCD, like very intrusive thoughts that she could not get rid of. And it really surrounded seeing men and thinking that she wanted to have sex with them, wanted to go on dates with them. And she like could not stop these intrusive thoughts. And she was dating somebody at the time and just hated this about herself, like guilt ridden. And through talking through therapy, I ended up realizing when we started addressing faith that she grew up in a very um, strict, conservative background where her parents like really hit her hard with no sex, no lust, no porn, no this, right? And she got so fixated on it that then it became this OCD where she just constantly was thinking about this stuff. And so she just had these misconceived notions of who she could be, what faith was. And so we had to really untangle and it took a while to untangle that where she finally was like, it's okay. Like, it's okay that I have these thoughts instead of like beating herself up for them. And as you learn acceptance, we know this is therapists, at least as you practice acceptance, it actually decreases your anxiety, right? And your intrusive thoughts as you just don't say, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then instead of accepting them, it improves it. And so through that, she, she got a lot better. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I was just I was thinking about, I didn't know where you were going there. And I was like, um, it, it was really interesting to me. Like if somebody is raised a certain way from a faith standpoint and and you didn't do that, like you didn't, as a therapist, you didn't go down... The, because you're like, okay, well, that's their private time. Their faith stuff is over there. Um, and tell me about other things. And then you just try to do like maybe a normal quote unquote OCD treatment where you're, where you're focused on only the symptoms and you don't really, you're kind of too nervous to go down the road because of, because of uh, anything at all having to do with faith. You kind of like redirect, you would never get there. Like you wouldn't, you would never untangle it. It would be like, this is the part of the knot we're not going to untangle. Have fun with that. Now, make sure you focus on not thinking like that. And hopefully you still get better, even though we're not <laughs> untangling this knot. Right. And that's mm-hmm. an encouragement to other folks, too, is to be to be willing to, like, look at the entire lifespan of your own life when you're, you know, and some of those times are going to involve your, your faith development. Definitely. Well, another... Um resource when we're talking about faith, you know, or a way to help clients is this understanding of hope in the midst of suffering. All of our clients are coming in with suffering. I mean, that's why they're coming in. And if their faith can provide them some reasoning or understanding for their suffering or some purpose within it, like, I think that that's really valuable. Of course, as therapists, we have to make sure that they're not coming in with really distorted understandings of it, because unfortunately, anywhere people could teach bad things, but we definitely sometimes see in churches teaching things that aren't like in line with scripture even, or like in line with the actual faith tradition. Um, so it's something that you do have to untangle with them 
but if you can help them find that sense of purpose within their suffering, I think that can really help clients take those steps forward that they need to take. Yeah. And it makes sense. I mean, the faith piece can be a huge resource. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of faiths have, um, like readings and different, um, um, like scriptures that, that the faith is coming from. And so there's a lot of stuff that's already there. I mean, if the, the person like, like likes the, is kind of inside of a faith movement of whatever, and you're not looking at what that faith has already talked about, then, um, it's like people have already been through some life before and that's why they wrote this. And that's why there's people that follow, you know, this faith. So it makes sense to actually look at it, like look at what you actually are, are thinking that you believe, take it seriously. And it, it, it can help you. It can help you to be, to understand where you sit more, you know, like as an identity and, and that kind of thing is moving forward. Is there, um, I don't know if you want to say anything more about that, Whitney, but I'm, I'm wondering if you have any other little tools in your toolbox. Around yeah, the well, there's a lot of them, but I do want to give you one more really big one. I think is forgiveness. Like we see clients all the time, like struggling with forgiveness. It creates bitterness, anger. I mean, we deal with clients in trauma and it's hard. And then they have these ideas of what does forgiveness really mean? And so the teaching of forgiveness is on tons of faith traditions, right? To bring freedom in lives. Mm-hmm. So if we can incorporate both of those, you know, the clinical, what we learn, and also the faith-based forgiveness can have a whole new level. And it really encourages them to get to the place of forgiveness, which is going to really help them move forward. Yeah. Let me ask you a little bit more about that because there's a, there, I know there to be um, a group of therapists out there. I'm just making a group kind of in a way. Um, But it is true that they believe like, nope, you don't have to forgive. Like you don't have to do that. Um, it's a whole, it was a whole, when I was in my own journey as a therapist, there was a few years where that was, people wrote some books on it. Like you don't have, you know, and the, I can't remember the name of the book that's off the top that's that's there in my mind, but the argument was, there's no reason that you need to forgive your assailant if you were assaulted um, or whatever. Like you don't have to face that. You can just move on. And I think um, part of that was because it was this idea that that the therapy community didn't want to say like if you forgive you're saying that that's okay that that happened and you're just going to let it go is that is that what you're saying no right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. would you I like think to so. say more about that <laughs> right. yeah so i think this goes back to what is forgiveness like you got to define what that is that's forgiveness is definitely not us saying something's okay it's us letting go of our own pain and suffering because of it. You know, when you choose not to forgive somebody, they don't know. You're not hurting them. It's like people have this idea that like, well, if I hold on to this resentment and anger, it's going to hurt them. It hurts no one other than yourself. Well, actually, it hurts all the people around you too, because you're acting bad, you know, and you're holding all this <laughs> That's right. anger. We can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can tell you're hurting your family, you're hurting your friends, you're hurting yourself most of all. And so that doesn't mean that you go to your assailant and say, I forgive you. Like, absolutely not. You probably should never speak to them again and do not befriend them on Facebook and let them whatever they are. Do not pass go and do not collect $200. That's right. That's right. And you move on with your life saying, saying what they did to me was wrong. These are the reasons why, but I'm going to choose to forgive and move on for myself and has nothing to do with them. 
Yeah, I like that. What I what I like to say to people is like, this is, you know, when you don't forgive, that person is living rent free in your head and in your heart, right? They they might be off living their best life. Have they have zero clue what's happening to you, right? They're just doing their thing, but you're like thinking about them, grudging, whatever. And so when you forgive, you're actually clearing all of that out because ultimately when you wake up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror and when you lay your head on your pillow at night, and you're with your own thoughts in the silence, you have to deal with your own anger, resentment, hurt, whatever. And so it's clearing all of that out so that you have peace for yourself. It's forgiveness is first for yourself. So I, I love that you that you were uh, talking about this. And that's a great tool to have in therapy. So before we close up, Whitney, um, uh, I would love to hear, uh, first of all, I, if anybody has listened to the, our previous uh, episode with Whitney, you should go back because uh, it's always a good time. She's very informative. She knows her stuff. And she's actually a riot. And it's funny. She keeps herself very professional um, on podcasts and all of the things that she does. But she's not at all. <laughs> but behind the scenes, yeah, she is a kidding. riot. She's hilarious. Um, and so one of the ways that we found this out last time was, I'm just going to ask, have you had any recent dreams that you'd like to tell us about? <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Well, I love that you just like told me how people experience me. I was like, really? I'm yeah. put together. I don't know. Yeah, you're um, awesome. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Dreams. Oh, boy. Of course, I would have a dream the night before coming on the podcast. And I totally like had three of them last night in a row. And I haven't dreamed in weeks, like not to the point where I remember them. Um, but yes, last night I had this dream that I was at a retreat with all these people and we bought uh, the house that we were retreating in. Like my husband was like, let's buy this house. And I was like, I don't really like this house. It was like in Cincinnati, Ohio. I don't want to live there. <laughs> oh. But for some reason, I went to a retreat in Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> and it was this big old house. And I didn't tell you this part before we started recording, but they had roaches and they were disgusting. And then the roaches were like abnormally large. And I like, can't stand that. Um, so anyway, I'd have to like, call my husband. Up. Especially in the yeah, south, we were, if you're uh, saying that those are big roaches, dang, because we don't. We, they're like the an south. inch long here, and that's it. Oh yeah, we get some mega roaches. It's the water too. Being if you're near river or whatever, but uh, yeah. So anyway, so we killed the roaches, and there was a lot more to it. But that that's some entertainment for you right now. <laughs> that's awesome. But also for those of you listening in Cincinnati. We love you. We might have a, a uh, retreat there. <laughs> FYI. Not um, in the Roach House. Not in the Roach House. Not in the Roach House. <laughs> um, but speaking of retreats and conferences, um, is there? do you have anything going on? Are you putting on? I know last, uh, what is it, April, you had, you put on your first conference uh, in Jekyll Island. Do you have anything else coming up? Yes. Thank you for asking. Yeah. So I am doing the Wise Practice Summit. So it is for faith-based practice owners to slow down, relax, and really learn a lot about business and, and really to connect with other faith-based practice owners. So let's just calm down with what this word faith-based means, a faith-based practice owner. It doesn't mean that you have to be an overt Christian, hit table over the head with a Bible practice owner, right? I mean, it just means that faith is a part of your life. It's a part of the work you do in your private practice, either solo practice or group practice owner. It doesn't mean that you're pushing Bible down people's heads or have a cross for your logo, even though, hey, if you have those things, those are great too. Like, you know who you are. So, you know, you should also come to the summit, but I just want to encourage like faith can mean a lot of things and a lot of backgrounds. Um, so we'll be hanging out here in Savannah 
it's actually just like three minutes from my house, which is totally cool. Um, this beautiful hotel, it's called the Alita, which is a Marriott portfolio hotel. So that just means that it's not 100% Marriott, but they partner with Marriott. So you go and use your Bonvoy points. Um, and it's right on the water and there is a dueling piano bar nearby. I know you guys are excited about that. And then I will have these dudes, they're going to be there doing their sponsorship and stuff. So it's going to be tons of fun. So it's going to be October 5th through the 7th of 2023. And then if you are interested in purchasing a ticket or learning more, you can head to my website. Super easy to remember, WhitneyOwens.com. I want to just say, that sounds very awesome. I'm looking forward to it. There is one problem. It's actually not three minutes from my house. Um, it Sorry. is going to be <laughs> 3,000 miles? <laughs> 3, miles from my house. So, and I'm, I, I have to admit, cause it's, you know, in October there, um, we're not, you're not going to order up a freaking hurricane. Are you like, oh gosh, please don't, you know, it's funny. Cause when this one came, I was like, oh my gosh, it's near the top of the conference. But you know what I said, I've already signed it. I'm going to have faith that this is okay. and Let it go. That's what, that's what we no matter what we're gonna we'll have we'll have a faith-based conference <laughs> that's there right inside of the hotel in a hurricane going this is going to be just fine i have faith that we'll be okay no there won't be any putting hurricanes. words to action that's what we'll be doing <laughs> well portland is on my list like a bucket list item of mine so maybe we could do another conference three miles from your house nathan right yes I think that's a great idea. And you have screwed up in the sense that you have just said that. <laughs> right. And now I will be on that idea like white on rice and a glass of milk and a paper plate in a snowstorm. So for 2024, mm-hmm. apparently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got it. Whitney, where can people find you online besides WhitneyOwens.com? Yeah, well, really, that's the best place to find me. Um, and if you do go there and you are a faith-based practice owner, you can grab a free PDF on tips for networking and partnering with churches. I know a lot of faith-based practice owners struggle to get referrals, like how do I talk to them, all those questions. So that PDF will answer those. That's how you can get on my email list. I'll send you information on a regular basis just about running a faith-based practice and kind of some of the struggles that we have as faith-based practice owners. Um, you also can find me on Instagram, Whitney Owens Consulting, um, and then I'm on Facebook. Awesome. Well, it was always a good time having you here. I, I just love that you are so down to earth. You can give like such great tips. You've got great information. You're a great communicator. And you genuinely do genuinely do care about the people that you're working with. Uh, and at the same time, you are just super fun. So it's just it's not boring, especially the dream thing. I'm just going to keep asking you every time we have on the have you on the podcast. By the time our podcast hits like we're going to be on the Joe Rogan show. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Cause that's eventually where we're going. Obviously. When that happens, by the time that happens, we will have solved all of your problems <laughs> through dream analysis. <laughs> all right. So thank you for, for being here. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. And just, um, I forgot to mention because it hasn't actually hasn't happened yet, but it's about to happen. I'm going to be launching a podcast, um, called the wise practice podcast. Tell us about that. Well, I don't know. I haven't started yet. I might start it this afternoon, but um, <laughs> it's going to be a podcast for faith-based practice owners looking to kind of learn how to start and grow their business. And of course, you guys will be coming on and a lot of other really great offerings for people. So if you're listening to this episode, you know, and it's probably more like November or December, then it's probably going to have an episode or two out. That's my hope. So wise practice. 
That is sweet. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Whitney. It's super helpful. And I think really kind of encouraging to the entire community that we have that follow us um, and desperately try to make us keep doing podcasts every week. We know we're still here for you, but thanks for coming on. And uh, we hope you all have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.